the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in, and history. Host Joe Ona covers topics like apologetics, worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how you live your Christian life. See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. Joe, where is that magnifying glass? How you doing today? This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics Throughout All Ages, and we're talking about apologetics your worldview and mine and does it stand the test of time as we look at consistency through history science philosophy and the reality that we live in so last week we ended off talking about abraham meeting god and god told abraham that he will be his exceedingly and great reward And we see it during this time, it was that Abraham was told by God to go and gather the carcasses and he would take a heifer and a goat and a few more pieces of animals, cut them down the middle and lay them out that they might make a covenant. And it says that when the sun went down, behold, on verse 17 of chapter 15 of Genesis Behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. No doubt this was God's glory passing through those pieces. He was ratifying the covenant with Abraham. As the following verses immediately states in verse 18, the Lord made a covenant. Now, it was the practice in those days when two men would make an agreement of a promise or a covenant that they would either give gifts or animals or blood would be spilt to recognizing the agreement. But here we see something other. We see God has Abraham lie these pieces down, cut them down the middle, and I'm sure Abraham thought he would walk through the middle of these carcasses. Yet because God cannot swear by anyone mightier than himself, he did this alone. This was the type of agreement or covenant that God would make by himself. You know, usually if someone swears, they swear by someone greater than themselves. This is why you hear us always saying, I swear on my mother's grave or uh, I promise or I hope to die. Um, We find God making a covenant but swearing unto himself. This covenant God made will not depend on Abraham but solely on God, his glory, 
his power and his sovereignty is on display. It tells us this in Hebrews 6.13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it with an oath. We, that is me and you, must not forget that God's promises are sure, unmovable. It was when the Israelites were crossing the Jordan and Moses was going to be left behind. It's here that Joshua would take lead and take charge that Moses reminds them. And he says this in Deuteronomy 31, 8. And the Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Again, God's promises when we see 600 chariots coming to the Israelites as they escaped Egypt. And as the Red Sea was parted, we see 600 chariots coming after them. And it's here that Moses looks to the people in Exodus 14:8, And he says, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. God's promises. We cannot forget that it's a surety that it will come to pass. Now, we have gone from Adam to Abraham, and it's been 2,000 years. And now we're from Abraham to Moses, another 500 years. And we get to Exodus 3. Remember, we're talking about theology proper, the doctrine of God. How did we come to this conclusion of the triune God? Well, we get a glimpse here as we start to look even at Exodus. We begin to see God's attributes, his character, his nature in display. And it tells us in Exodus 3.13, And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto him, unto them? So here Moses meets God in a burning bush. And now he's asking him and he's saying, hey, if you want me to go do this deed and save all the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, they're going to ask me who's sending me. And I want to give them a name. And I like what God does because God says, and God said to Moses, tell them, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. When we translate I am that I am, what that means in other words, it means I will be what I will be. I am all sufficient. I am self-sustaining. And whatever you need during that time, whatever happens, whatever providence occurs, I will be who I will be, the existing God. I am who I am. And this is why it bothered the Pharisees and the Jewish people when Jesus was walking on this earth in the first century. 
because we get a taste, we get a glimpse of God's glory and of Jesus, of who he is. This is the response that Jesus told the Pharisees and the Jewish people in John 8:52. He says, Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? Are the prophet and the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself to be? Now, I like Jesus as he gives a response. It's a huge hint identifying who he is. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not but 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, here it is. This is key, guys. Most assuredly, I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. I am the existing one, Jesus was declaring. Jesus makes reference to being God, so they took stones to throw at him. Usually when the Jewish people or the Pharisees and Sadducees gathered stones to throw at Jesus, it was because he made himself equal with God, and that would be blasphemy. So we get into Exodus 34, 4. And as Moses is going up to uh, Mount Sinai, he gets two more tablets of stones and gets them ready for God to write the Ten Commandments again. And the Lord commanded him, and he took his hand and the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended on the cloud. So here Moses meets the Lord on Mount Sinai, and it says that the Lord descends in a cloud and stood there and proclaimed the name of the Lord This is where Moses is becoming acquainted with God in a very personal way. And listen what God tells him. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord. And he uses the name, his personal name, Jehovah. Anytime you see L-O-R-D capitalized, that's because that's the word Yahweh. That's the word Jehovah, the Lord The Lord God, here God says the Jehovah, Jehovah Il, and he uses L, and he uses it in a personal singulary sense. Merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. So Moses made haste and bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped him. I want you to know that every time you see someone worshipping God, it wasn't because God forced them to somehow kneel before him. No, it's when they see God's glory. It's when they see the presence of God, they can do no other but fall to their knees. Now, after the Ten Commandments, We see Moses ask, I want to see your glory, God. And here's what God tells him. I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim uh, my name. And so he goes before Moses, and all of a sudden he declares, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion Here we see that God is not obligated to no man. He is free from constraints. 
and he will do the pleasures of his will. We see this in Psalms 115.3, but our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. In one of the oldest books of the Bible, Job, it says in Job 42.2, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. And last of all, in Isaiah 46.10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient things that are not yet, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasures. Stay with us as we go into as we go into the second half. This is Joe with fifteen thirty apologetics throughout all ages. Don't go away because there is much more to come with throughout all ages fifteen thirty apologetics on K Praise. Throughout All Ages Ministry, 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the student's character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. Studies show 75 to 85 percent of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith. For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com. Join Creation Fellowship's and T's Apologetics Speaker Series Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom. 1 Peter verse 3, chapter 15 says, To always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Creation Fellowship's and T's brand name Apologetics Speakers will do just that. Equip you with the knowledge and tactics to explain your Christian faith. Get equipped Thursday nights at 6.30. Learn more on Facebook and YouTube at Creation Fellowship's and T or email creationfellowshipsantee at gmail.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona on K-Praise. How you doing as we come back into the second half? Again, this is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. And we're talking about theology proper, the doctrine of God. But I want to talk about how did we come to this conclusion as we talked last week, and this is the second part of the second half. We get back to the theology proper. In this part of the segment, I want to show how we discovered the triune God as Jesus said. In John 14, 9, Jesus said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. In John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. And the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. And then John seventeen five, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. existed. Before we go to the first century A.D., I want to take a look back to about 700, 800 B.C., and how was Jesus described in the scriptures? How did God declare his name? Well, we start to get hints of this. I mean, the light is beginning to shine a little bright as we get into 7, 800 century B.C. In Isaiah 7, 14, here God says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Now, that's a title given 
to Jesus, given to this virgin that's going to conceive a son, and it means God with us. But as we look further on in Isaiah 9, 6, a couple chapters later, in the year once in the year 740 BC, the year King Uzziah died, it says this, for unto us a child is born. This is the same child that shall be uh, conceived by a virgin woman. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. When we read these titles, no one should hold but God alone. These are titles And this is not a name definition, right? So you have Joshua, meaning salvation. These are not name definitions. These are titles. This is not an earthly office title. It is a title that would be blasphemy to have. This is why when Jesus said, He and the Father are one, that they took up stones to stone him. To have these titles that belong to Jehovah alone You would break the first three commandments. No other God. You will have no images and do not use his name in vain. Remember, God has said, I am a jealous God and I will not share my glory with another. To have these titles written, taught, and passed down from generation to generation is an awesome display that God will not be moved. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. On verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. As we take a look at Psalms 110, going back into history, it says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So here's David, and he's testifying. He's actually speaking the words that God would want you to hear. And David begins to say, The Lord, Jehovah, it uses the capital The Lord Jehovah said, David said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Here David is saying two truths. Sitting on my right hand makes David's Lord messianic, right? And secondly, if this Messiah is the son of David, David should not be calling him Lord. Yet, If we look in Matthew, Jesus brings this conversation up. In Matthew 22, listen to this. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? What do you think about the Messiah? Right? Christ means the anointed one. What do you think about Christ? And whose son is he? They said to him, Well, he's the son of David. And he said to them, how then does David in the spirit 
call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then, Jesus goes on to say, calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word. Nor from that day on did anyone question him anymore. What we have here is something extraordinary. Fathers don't give a title like Lord to their sons. You won't find me calling my son Lord, nor any other father that's in a headship. They're not going to call their sons Lord. Because David calls his son Lord, this makes this person more than just a man, more than just a Messiah, that David's Lord is no other than the Son of God who takes away the sins of the world. We see this as we see Daniel, we see the doctrine of God becoming realized and substantiated. Let's look at this, the word son of man now. In Daniel seven thirteen, it says, I saw in the night vision and behold, one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days, which is God the Father. And they brought Jesus near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom which shall not be destroyed. Now, first of all, when we hear that the whole world will serve him forever, that word serve him in the Aramaic, literally means not only to serve him, but they will worship him. We see that Jesus' word, that title, Son of Man, is 88 times in the New Testament. A second meaning of the phrase Son of Man is that Jesus was truly a human being. This is a hint to his humanity. The description Son of Man can be a messianic title, the Messiah, But listen, we have a problem looking back into history when we talk about Daniel 7, Son of Man. Where the verse says the Son of Man came with clouds of heaven, every Jewish man knew in those days that was only deity that would ride clouds. Only Jehovah could ride in clouds. Clouds were a symbol of strength and power. We see this in Psalm 68:32. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Oh, sing praises to the Lord, to him who rides on the heavens of heavens. In Psalms 104:3, it says, He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariots, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And again, we read in Isaiah 19.1, The burden against Egypt, behold, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and will come into Egypt. The idols of Egypt will totter at his presence and the heart of Egypt will melt in his mess, in his mist. In Matthew 26, we see this again, Jesus bringing this subject up, son of man. And Jesus is answering the high priest. And it says in Matthew twenty six sixty two, And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is this that these men testify against you? 
But Jesus remained silent. Silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. In one hand, he asked, are you the Messiah? Are you the anointed one? And on the other hand, do you claim to be the Son of God? Let's listen to Jesus' response, how he responds. Jesus said to him in verse 64, you have said so. (laughs) I like that because what Jesus is actually saying, he says, uh, uh, you rightly say this, but the plot thickens. There's more to what you're saying. Yes, what you say is true, but it continues. But I tell you, from now on, Jesus says, Jesus says, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And it said that the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witness do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. You see, it was blasphemy because Jesus made himself equal with God. That Jesus is the Son of Man, is coming on the clouds of heaven, is saying that he is equal with God. And this is why we see in Genesis, I mean, in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and he was in the beginning with God and all things were made by through him, the word and without him was nothing was made that was made. And listen to this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. As we come to a conclusion talking about theology proper, I hope you understand that as we see the conclusion, that this is how we got the triune God with their attributes, character, with with God's attributes, character, and nature. This is Joe with 1530 apologetics throughout all ages and we'll see you next week that's a take and this has been throughout all ages 1530 apologetics you can learn more about your host joe gaona how to support and get involved with 1530 apologetics by visiting throughout all ages ministries.com that's throughout all ages ministries.com 1530 Apologetics is vigorously setting the pace to give easy answers to hard questions in the culture we live in. So be sure to join Joe at this same time next week for more biblical principles to help you intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, the reality we live in, and history. This has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.